Welcome to the Pilot Podcast. Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? I'm your host, BJ, along with my co-host, Me Too, and this week we're checking out the USA Network show, The Sinner. So stay tuned to the end to find out why BJ stabs someone on the beach. It never happened. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. I'm sorry. BJ has never been violent, ever. I just want that on the record. Thank you. Now I'm like scared. Okay. Okay. So Beach, can you give us a rundown of the pilot episode of Jessica Beale, executive produced and starring The Sinner? Sure. So this is a crime drama mystery TV series on USA Network. It's a pretty short series, uh, eight episodes in the first season. And it's based on Jessica Biel's character, Cora. And basically what we find out is that she has a troubled, mysterious past, which leads to her committing a murder in this first episode. In broad daylight, like she just snaps. In broad daylight, in front of her family and friends. And then we have a detective played by Bill Pullman, Detective Ambrose, who's like, even though this girl admitted to murdering this guy, even though we have all these witnesses, I think there is more to this story. And so what we kind of get hints at throughout this first episode and probably will kind of find out more throughout the first season is that there is some sort of motivation behind Jessica Biel murdering some random guy at the beach. Yeah, there's more to the story. It's clear that something triggered her. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, because you see at the beginning of the episode, and we'll try to keep it light on spoilers because there's a lot of interesting reveals in the pilot. Um, or a lot of, I wouldn't say reveals, but hints of something mm -hmm. to come later. Exactly. But you see that she has specifically a really... Uh, maybe is it unhealthy or fearful relationship with sex like she and her mm -hmm. husband have scheduled sex and, and and this happens toward the beginning of the episode and it's clear that she's just like grinning and bearing with it which is deeply uncomfortable to watch as the viewer yeah she looks very uncomfortable she looks miserable and her husband's unaware yeah which is kind of weird for him to not check in i can't imagine like valuing sex so much that you put your partner through that and, and maybe it's him purposely trying not to notice so he can at least have sex once a week um but you see that she has That's this also really problematic which is also problematic <laughs> so you see that she has this really unhealthy relationship and when she snaps and kills that guy at the beach he's kind of in a sexual position with his girlfriend like they're making out mm. and they're listening to music and she says that the song like she just needed them to turn down the song and mm. she snapped and, and and it's clear that she kind of doesn't know what's going on in her own head either or what was going on in that moment. But I think mm -hmm. it also has to do with the fact that that guy was like writhing with his girlfriend. I think I think something triggered her. Yeah, she was uncomfortable just watching those two interact. Yes. And even her husband kind of sensed it and was like, you know, they're not harming anyone or he said something to that effect. Yeah, like they're just having fun. Like, don't mind them. Yeah. And so I think something is triggering her because another theme in the show, which is part of one of the few like true reveals that they give you toward the end. So I won't spoil it, but she clearly has had a bit of a traumatic childhood. And so yes. she's I think maybe some of what hap what's happening stems from that, too, because like you hear even in the title sequence, 
you hear a child saying the Lord's Prayer. I forgot about the creepy child voice. Yes. Yeah. I. This is an aside. The worst thing in a horror movie to me, I don't watch them. And by horror movie, I mean trailer, is creepy child voice. Because children are so innocent. And so to think that something so innocent could be corrupted is like truly the most terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we see some flashbacks of her childhood. Thank you for accepting that and moving on. <laughs> and then keeping this a professional podcast. That. And now we're continuing. You sound like we survived couples therapy together. I'm acknowledging your pain. I'm Phoebe Judge. But what I want to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So sorry. So we we do see some flashbacks. Yeah. So we do see that she had some sort of conflicts or issues as a child. We also see her dissociating kind of from reality every now and then. Yes. So we're not going into spoilers, but you kind of see this image that pops up every now and then a little out of focus and then in focus Mm -hmm. regularly. And that's kind of when she checks out from what's going on around her. So there's something interesting going on there. And I remember, oh my God, this is, this feels embarrassing for anyone who listens to this show. I'm going to bring up that same damn AP psychology class. You learned so much in this one class. I didn't like the class. I didn't like the teacher, but apparently it's my entire knowledge base, even though we went to a very good college. But oh, I think they talked about this in Psych 101 in college too. But I write about how like sometimes if you're the victim of some kind of traumatic event, like you can have these repressed memories where you put it away in the recesses of your mind and then something will trigger it. So trigger warning, like my professor talked about how like sometimes if you've experienced some kind of assault and then someone, whether it's sexual or not, gets you in a position that's similar to the assault, people have noted like instances where folks like lash out when they're in that position and they don't even necessarily know why. And then they have to do some work to realize like it's some kind of repressed memory. And that's why when someone gets you in a certain position, it reminds you of this terrible thing that you experienced. And so I think maybe we're seeing a little bit of that with with uh, Jessica Biel, with Cora's character. Definitely. So the brain. So listeners, I am a, have a science background. You are a scientist. So go ahead and build on what I learned at AP Psych and in Psych 101. So the brain is very plastic. It's able to kind of rewire itself and traumatic events, especially in your childhood, do have kind of these lasting effects on the structure of your brain. Mm -hmm. Just like our body physically responds to stress, our brains respond to stress in the same way. And maybe if you're scared, you'll like curl up in a more defensive fetal-like position. And if you go through something very scarring or traumatic or intense emotion your brain does have these ways of literally like repressing and hiding those memories and feelings Mm -hmm. from yourself in order to protect you from that trauma and stress and so clearly we don't know exactly what's going on with Cora in this first episode but she is unaware it's clear that she's unaware of something that has happened to herself that's making her maybe lash out at this murder or feel uncomfortable around sexual situations there's also another scene where she's like swimming in the lake and or at the beach and does some questionable stuff. And so there's more going on to her that she's not aware of and we're not aware of. So it's going to be interesting to see if this Detective Ambrose character 
can kind of pull out those details for the viewers. I want to make clear that you said what I said in smarter terms, but the meat (laughs) of what we said was the same. So I guess shout out to that one very informative class I had a very long time ago. Yeah, I was just rewording what you said for people who don't understand psych terms. Mm -hmm. So I have two questions I want to ask you. Shoot. Okay, so question number one. Mm -hmm. After Cora is um, taken into jail for this murder, Mm -hmm. we see two detectives discussing the case. And one of them says, this is very straightforward. She admitted to the crime. We're done. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. And another says, no, I want to know why she did it. There has to be something more. Which side would you be on if you were the detective on this case? I would say, okay, so we're already assuming or presupposing that I'm a detective because I couldn't be. So yes, if, you are a career detective. If I've already made the jump to becoming a detective, then I think I would be the person saying there must be more mm. because people don't, I mean, I guess people do just snap like that. But if you encounter someone who was, they just, they talked about it, the detectives were talking about it, right? They were like, this woman volunteers at the Y other moms in her carpool or whatever describe her as normal she has no history of mental illness and she just occasionally takes a sleeping pill to sleep that's it Mm -hmm. and so if you have someone like that and i am already a detective i think i would look into that even though she admits to doing it and you have multiple eyewitnesses yes because i also think i don't know I feel like all I'll have been saying on this podcast is as a woman, but I feel like as a woman, there's more there. And I think I'd be more sensitive to the fact that potentially this is stemming from a past trauma. I mean, it doesn't take a woman to do that, but I'm just saying like, I don't know. I feel very sensitive to that. You'd really want to dive into the motivations. You wouldn't be satisfied with a confession from her. Yeah. Cause it's the, oh. the issue isn't whether she did it right. Like there's a fulfillion um, witnesses. Mm-hmm. So it's why she did it. Yes. So it's why. And potentially did these like, is she lying? Did they know each other? What did this guy potentially do? Especially given, I won't spoil it, but one of the real veils toward the end. Okay. That's fair. What about you? Are you detective cut and dry? No, mm. maybe depends on how much work I have that week. I was going to say, I knew you were going <laughs> to say something like that. If it's a busy week, we're going to move on. If it's a light week, then I'm going to let my curiosity take me away and I'm going to dive into this case. Fair. Fine. Okay. Next question. Okay. If you were Cora's husband, how would you handle this situation? Hmm. I don't know. That's really tough. Because it's clear that he's aware of some trauma or he's it's clear he's aware that she's not, quote unquote, normal or Mm -hmm. not normal. But like some some stuff has happened. I think he's aware because there's Mm -hmm. no way she would have such a strange relationship with sex. She has these dissociative episodes. She cleans the house in a really strange way. Another thing that we see toward the beginning of the episode She cleans Mm -hmm. the house thoroughly after they have sex. And he calmed her down at the beach when that couple was making out. So I'm sure he has seen her 
before maybe freak out when people are being like intimate maybe or maybe when she hears that song the song could have been the trigger so Mm -hmm. all that to say I feel like if I'm going into it that much knowledge like I know this person has some issues I've chosen to have a child with them then I don't know maybe you figure out what happened I do think and this is random and I'm sorry I'm taking 16,000 seconds to answer this question but do you think it's weird that he does it seem like he doesn't pry to figure out what's going on? Yeah, I noticed that too, that he doesn't seem that interested in knowing why she committed the crime. Yes. He's just, from this first episode alone, he's very much about separating himself from her, focusing on their child, and just being like, look, that was weird, that was bad, I'm done. Yes, that feel, it, yes. And it just feels odd that like, I don't know. I don't know. Jessica Biel is like very beautiful. Is it like I bagged this wife and I'll deal with whatever comes with it or, you know, what do you think it is? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Cause if, when you, I mean, if you murdered someone, I'd want to know why. Yeah. You'd want to know why someone you love so much or you, oh, I don't love you that much. What I'm I'm talking about the couple <laughs> trifling. I feel like you'd want to know why someone you choose to have a child with commits murder out of the blue. Yeah. What about you? A lot of questions. It's tough. Um, I think I would react similarly to her husband in the beginning and that I would probably ignore the first phone call, not visit her immediately in jail. Mm -hmm. I would need more time to process it. I'd also be thinking a lot about how is this going to affect my son? Because they have a toddler. And I think he saw it, right? Yeah, he was right there. So I think that would be a big priority for me to process it and then kind of decide, you know, how is this going to affect the future of my child? Mm, That's true. Because now, as soon as you have a kid, your life is no longer about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So I guess it's... Oh, another sad thing about this is... After she's arrested, when her husband goes to go see her, she's like, she says something to the effect of, I tried to have a normal life, but no one with my life could have a normal life. Like I tried to have a kid with you and I tried to just like be stable. And so it's sad that even despite so much effort, she's like passing some kind of generational trauma onto her kid. Yeah, and from what we saw in this episode, she's a very good mother, very caring, attentive. She mentioned that her son has some like dietary sleep cycle quirks. True. So, you know, she's clearly doing a good job to raise her child to the best of her ability, and it, it sucks to see that relationship get messed up because of what happened. Okay, so do you have any final thoughts, or should we go into our rating? I am all ready to rate. I'm super curious about your thoughts. I'm curious about your thoughts. You had some strong reactions to different scenes during this episode. Okay, don't flip that question on me. I'm in it seriously. I'm curious because this is a very how to get away with murdery show. But better. Mm. Although season one, how to get away with murder was really good. That's when the concept worked and then they kept getting away with murder. Okay, back to ratings. So... 
what is your rating of this show? My rating is I would watch seriously. And for you listeners, we were recording right before Labor Day weekend. So I'm going to take advantage of the long weekend and binge the first season, which is only eight episodes. So it's a one hour show, 45 minutes without commercial. So it won't take that long for this long weekend. You and I are traveling this weekend and we have long flights. So are you going to download it for the flights maybe? Ooh, yeah. While we're waiting in the airport, on the plane. Yeah. Word. I I am curious. I think enough happened in the show that like piqued my curiosity. Um, I think I would recommend the show to anyone who likes mysteries. Maybe you like mm-hmm. crime novels. Just for mm-hmm. me, the show was like a little bit bloody for my taste like a little violent not just visually but there's some gory sounds that like clearly you know what's happening even if you're not looking at the screen so be aware of that yes yes there were scenes that I tried to look away and my headphones were still in so I was miserable anyway as far as Mm -hmm. like the gore not miserable from watching the show so I think but let me back that up if so, if you're sensitive to that, I would just have a fair warning. Like I'm such a lightweight when it comes to violence on TV. And so if you're mm-hmm. sensitive to that, keep that in mind and maybe skip over those scenes if you have to. I know people that's like sacrilege for some folks, but I do that. I do that in Game of Thrones all the time. But the story is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I maybe like next summer or something when I have time or even the winter when like a bunch of shows go away. That I, long from now? Yeah. I think I need a second, mm. but, but I am curious enough about curious enough about the story that I want to finish it. It's just, it's like a, it's a lot and fall TV is about to start. And you know, I'm just like a sitcom girl. Like I'm just trying to watch a sitcom. That's fair. I'll try not to spoil it to spoil anything for you. Yeah. Don't ruin it. Cause I will get to it. And I mean it, you know that I get around to shows that I say that I will watch. Yeah. I'm going to knock it out now though. I'm in it. I know you're in it. You already wanted to watch the next one when we were watching together. Yeah, but we'll see if I care enough about the detective to watch season two. Oh, true. Yeah, I was surprised the show centered on him, but I guess it would be too jarring to like watch Jessica Biel potentially go from like murderer in season one to like victim in season two or something. I guess he mm. would be the only character that you could really carry over. Yeah, or it could have been, I don't know, maybe you could have done something with her husband as the carryover character oh true or you could have the son grow up and then have to deal with something and he has his own trauma you better write a show you better write a show (laughs) let's pitch it to netflix let's pitch it to netflix okay (laughs) it sounds like we're done tell people where they can find us Sure. You can find more episodes at thepilotpodcast.com and you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And definitely leave us a review with five stars. Specifically five. You can find us on Instagram and on Twitter at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast and you can send meal prep recipes, recommendations for shows, questions for you know on past reviews to ask the pilot podcast at gmail.com 